I, we, I think we're seeing a lot more, at least statistical information coming out about how, how strong schools are, uh, private schools are when they are connected to church bodies because that gives them, I think, as you said, that foundational conviction. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize seize the the faith. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast. How you doing there, Jess? I'm doing great. You gave me no countdown, but that's fine because you intro it anyway. So I intro it. I just roll in. Just, man. We are diving in. This is episode 126, and we have a very special guest on, hailing from the Great White North. That would be headmaster slash pastor, Randy Fry. And uh, he, if you're curious, you're thinking to yourself, who is Pastor Randy Fry? Well... Let me help you understand. We are interviewing him for the Educationist Warfare Series specifically because he is the headmaster of King Alfred Academy. And uh, we are excited to talk to him today about Christian education. How are you doing, Pastor Randy? I am doing great. Really glad to be here today. I am. We are really glad to have you here. For those of you who don't know, we had, we had awesome audio already recorded with uh, Pastor Fry, and God decided it was not good enough. And so he destroyed it <laughs> and gives us this uh, next, this is, a, this is our second opportunity to, to interview Pastor Fry. And we are super, super glad that he is a kind and gracious human being. <laughs> it's very, very true. So uh, for, for our, those in our audience who don't know, although many, many that listen from the great white North in Canada will know, but could you introduce yourself and give us maybe um, a little tour on, on the life of pastor Randy and how you became the headmaster of King Alfred Academy? Uh, sure. So yeah, I grew up in Ontario up here in Canada and I um, graduated from the university of Waterloo out of there. I went to teachers college and my um, plan was that I was going to be a teacher. I wanted to educate kids. I wanted to impact them. Uh, for Christ. And at the time I was going to do it in the public school and it was, uh, I was going to be kind of a light there and, uh, through teachers college, it, I just had a, I guess you could say an uneasy feeling happening through the whole thing as they were kind of teaching some things that were a little bit antithetical to what I would believe. And, um, at a teacher's college as I got the opportunity to help out at what is now Trinity Bible Chapel is Harvest Bible Chapel at the time. And, in Waterloo and they needed a worship leader. And, um, I decided, uh, that I had helped them out work part-time teaching part-time at the church. And eventually the ministry position, I was, um, uh, seeking the Lord and seeking counsel from, from godly people. And, uh, eventually I ended up going into full-time ministry. I, I took seminary classes. I got my master of divinity and, uh, became a pastor at the church. But while that was all happening, I was in school, uh, we were seeing the state of education, uh, in the, especially the public schools. We were even seeing the local Christian schools that wasn't very exciting to us. And uh, Pastor Jacob Rayom, our, our senior pastor at Trinity Bible Chapel, and myself, we were having conversations, and we decided that we wanted to start um, a school of our own, and we looked into different models. The classical model was the one that stood out. And in 2020, we launched King Alfred Academy, uh, right when the pandemic was kind of at the highest which was a fascinating time to start. But I think the Lord used that actually in a very powerful way to galvanize our, our community. And he has been very gracious. We've grown in leaps and bounds and are bursting at the seams. So all glory to him. Amen. Yeah, you guys uh, you guys definitely are, are in the midst of starting a 
a church-based Christian school at, at a key time, I would say culturally, it does seem to be that way. <laughs> when not only are they needed, but it seems that many people are starting to rethink what the heck is going on in, in public education across the world? It's yeah, not looking great. <laughs> so we have noticed this this little thing. As as us Americans down here, we've noticed that there seems to yeehaw. be... Yeehaw. Yeehaw. <laughs> yeehaw. Bring my horse. That's what we say in New Jersey. <laughs> no, that is not at all. We say y'all. What y'all doing? These guys. These guys. That's North Jersey. Down the shore. Regardless. Regardless, we do say down the shore. We do say down the shore, which is ironic because it's actually over anyway. There's this. There seems to be this connection to the crown in Canada. So your your chosen name for your Christian school, the King Alfred Academy. Maybe you could, and I, I know, I'm sure, I am sure you'll do a far better job than Google. But could you let it? Could you fill us in? Why King Alfred in, in the name? Yeah, sure. So um, King Alfred, uh, probably one of the most impactful kings in the history of England, uh, that is actually what he did is still reverberating to today. And what he did and what he's known for in his legacy actually completely uh, comes in and uh, gives the heart of the mission of King Alfred Academy. And that's why uh, we named the Academy for King Alfred. And um, it was, or he reigned at a time when the Viking invasions were at its height. And so the Vikings had started to invade, um, all of Europe really, but especially England, cause they were coming over, um, over the sea and, uh, and es- essentially in Alfred's time, every kingdom, Alfred was the King of Wessex and every kingdom had fallen to the Vikings until Alfred was, was the last one. His brother had died in battle. Uh, he became King and he, he, inherited a kingdom that was on the precipice of absolute disaster and alfred eventually gets betrayed by his nobles and he's hiding in the middle of a swamp in Alfany, um england and it's just him and a bunch of merry men hiding from the vikings and from there he's able to gather an army uh, he beats them in this kind of, in this really uh, amazing feat of military prowess and in doing so uh, he's able to get a little bit of time from the Vikings coming in. And what he does with that time is actually what cements Alfred as one of the greatest kings. He's actually the the only English king to have the moniker the Great. So we know him as Alfred the Great. Like there's other ones, right? Alexander is the Great. There's a few others. But in England, only one king has ever been able to get, get the title the Great, and that's Alfred. Hmm. And the reason is really there's a few um, things that he did. So one, he started schools all over and Alfred was a learned man. He loved to read, which is actually very strange at the time uh, because Alfred was um, at a time when might was right. So you wanted to lead, you were the best one to swing a sword. And what Alfred did is he said, no, if you want to be one of my nobles, you have to learn how to read. And he completely restored learning. And he started schools all throughout uh, the countryside knowing that education was key to the success of the nation. Um, He was there and Christianity was uh, almost dead. Like the the people had um, gone down to paganism and it was just in a state of disrepair. And Alfred brought that back. He started translating parts of the Bible and with education, Christianity, they started um, 
using uh, the Bible in order to teach. And uh, he really led a mini reformation well before the reformation even happened. You can get parts of Alfred's Bible, the one that he had translated into English. You can even read that today. Um, he did reform the military and had it so that the Vikings wouldn't come back. And then he, he made the law code. He actually codified the law such that um, he gave the law power even over the king. And so he gave the law force. And uh, a quote that I love, it, it's, it's found in a little town in England where a big statue of Alfred was made. And it really gets to the heart of it all. Uh, it says, Alfred found learning dead and he restored it. Education neglected and he revived it. The law is powerless and he gave them force. The church debased and he raised it. The land ravaged by a fearful enemy from which he delivered it. Alfred's name will live as long as mankind shall respect the past. And really what we want to do is we see, like Alfred did, that it's a long game. It's not just about taking um, our generation right now and insulating them as much as we can. No, we need to set up our kids and the next generation for success, which really is what the school is all about. Our mission is to glorify God by giving children a classical and Christ-centered education that equips them for a life of learning, excellent wisdom, discipline, and virtue. And in doing so, we want to graduate biblically informed young men, men and women who have a heart for the community, the ability to radically influence the culture for Christ, the courage to take a stand for the truth, and the faith to believe that with God, all things are possible. And what Alfred did is the heart behind what we want the school to do. And what we see uh, real Christian education as being in the catalyst of actually uh, building what building from the ruins of what we see is going to happen as society crumbles. So you... so what you guys are doing at King Alfred Academy, you, you kind of see it similarly, almost like pioneer work, kind of like, kind of like Alfred did all of those reforms. You kind of see, you kind of see the work that you're doing there as kind of the tip of the spear towards, towards reformation essentially. Yeah. Like we've lost, we've lost in North America, we have lost um, really our Christian worldview Mm -hmm. in our land. Right. And, the only way we're going to get back that is through true Christian discipleship, which really shows Christ's lordship in every aspect of life. And that's what we need to teach at our schools. And when you graduate kids from that, it's and society starts to crumble around us. Well, who's going to raise up and be the next leaders that will lead us out of that? Hmm. I think it'll be the ones that can think clearly and the ones that are able to actually you know, show Christ's lordship through it all. And that's what we want to do. We're, we're excited for the future, uh, even though we're, we know that it's, it's going to be a long haul. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly, that's why we wanted to talk to you, Randy, uh, cause education is warfare and we knew you guys were fighting, fighting the good fight up there. Um, so, so with this pioneer work, with this tip of the spear work, um, you know, I can't imagine that there are a terrible amount of solid classical Christian, uh, schools, um, in, in, uh, wow, blanking in Ontario, um, currently, but I could be wrong. But so like when, as you have this grand vision, right. Um, you're starting to set up this school. How did you go about determining, um, the different like policies and and operating procedures and structures, um, the curriculum, like how, how did you go about, like, what's, what were some questions that you sat down and, and had to work through? Um, to figure out as you were starting all of these, all of these things up. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. Uh, there are a few other classical Christian schools uh, up here. Um, 
a uh, few started before us. One was actually started by uh, Joe Boot of the Ezra Institute. Uh, his his church in uh, in Toronto had started one, and they helped us out quite a bit. We were able to actually take a template of their policies and then and then morph that into our community. But as you're looking at these things, like how does the structure of the school work? What does the policies look like? What curriculum do you choose? Well, I mean, it all comes down to um, is Christ at the center of this or not? And you need to be able to to say, okay, the reason why we're doing this um, is either to show glory to Christ or there's a grounding in the word for it. Um, it really comes down to that. I mean, when you want to be able to be true to your education philosophy, which is us as classical education, uh, but at the same time, really what it comes down to is making sure that um, the worldview of everything, regardless of where it is in the policies, uh, comes from Christ being the Lord of it. And, and that's kind of where we started and then uh, worked our way up from there. Well, certainly Christ at the center of everything would be a great place to start for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's If that's one great. was going to start somewhere for something. That would be the that place. would be the place. <laughs> um, no, but I, I think it's it's just so important because I feel like I mean especially I mean I don't know how it is in Canada but I feel like in America even with even with many Christians is that is that we don't really think that educate like education is kind of like the kids go to school it's like over here kind of far off it's almost in its own kind of category of thing and we rarely let um, or many people rarely let. Christ invade that space and rule over that space. And so that's why we have so many Christians um, thoughtlessly perhaps um, sending their kids to, to public schools and, and these types of things. It's just what we do. It's what we as Americans do. We, we send our kids to school and that's, that's the way that it is. But you know, when, when, when we understand that Christ is Lord over all things and that, and that education is, is discipleship, um, then we really have to consider how we're going to go about doing that <laughs> and accomplishing it. So, um, yeah, no, all of those thought processes sound absolutely fantastic. But um, you mentioned that you take the classical approach um, at King Alfred. So, like, what what would you say are some differences between or what is a classical approach and how does it differ from kind of just a more modern uh, version of, of schooling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's practical ways that that plays out, but but when you get down to like the core of the philosophy, um, modern education is about uh, job readiness essentially. So it's how can we get you uh, to have a good vocation, make a ton of money, and that type of thing. Um, when traditionally that has never actually been the the goal of education. Uh, traditionally, the goal of education has been wisdom and virtue, and and what we want to do is is take the the worldview of a student and and show them uh, the good, the beautiful, and the true in that, and inculcate them in wisdom, which begins in the fear of the Lord. And you know, so, uh, Christ is the the better Solomon, so it's grounded in Christ and, and virtue, which is um, you know wisdom, um, uh, which is wisdom applied, I guess you could say. Right. And so it's 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 starting from there. So it, we're not, you know, t- having a coding class where, where we're going to say, okay, we're going to get you ready to code uh, next year so you can get a job like that. That's a modern approach to education where what we're trying to do is in classical education is build about wonder through, you know, the great works of Western civilization, those works that have really stood the test of time 
and and bring about wonder and beauty and, and show the kids what true virtue and wisdom is and and from harry we'll potter be, right harry potter would be like one of those those great books of western civ is that is that what you're you thinking think, not, not quite right? oh okay all right um, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're the books that have stood the test of time right oh oh, so oh i forgot about it, that it's part. rare that that very very modern books would be used in a classical school um but what what you're looking at is and they might be in younger classes but what you're looking at is uh those those books that um, are still being read today that um were written quite a while ago so like a good example would be um like even from a, a greek and roman perspective the odyssey and the iliad who which was written three thousand years ago and is still studied today um, now, obviously, you're going to not take a Christian worldview out of that, but what you do is you take it and you you um, you take the Christian worldview and the worldview of the Greeks at the time, and you compare them and you show um, how the Christian worldview is actually um, should bear on these situations. Um, yeah, so it's it's really taking those great works of Western civilization, you know, from uh, Homer to Augustine to um, you know, going up to Dante and to Milton, all these guys. Shakespeare, and, and, don't forget Shakespeare. He wrote good things. And, yeah, Shakespeare's in there. Yeah, we would we would definitely. <laughs> yeah, do he was a real mover and shaker. <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs> and, I mean, those were in our, in even the public schools until recently. I think they just uh, recently got removed. Oh yeah, he's um, right out. He can't be there now. No, that's <laughs> not gonna happen. But but you you take that and and you use those things, those those excellent writings, that excellent poetry, to show. Uh, virtue and then and then point to wisdom and then and then the the approach in terms of the methodology is we use what we call the trivium which is latin for the three ways uh, the trivium is three of the seven liberal, liberal arts and um, essentially what you're doing is you're going through stages of of development in your teaching so there's a grammar stage where you learn the fundamentals and you're memorizing a lot uh, the logic stage where you are um uh, learning how to argue and taking the grammar that you learn and actually working with it and then the rhetoric stage is where you take all you've done and you become an expert and master and make it beautiful and and what you're doing is you're giving the kids the tools of learning as they go from knowing nothing to mastery and and so um, that's like a little bit about classical education when you look at the trivium actually one of the great examples i like to use is woodworking so like there's a grammar of woodworking right you have to know how to measure and uh, cut and join boards and all these things. Um, and if you don't know those things, you're, you're, you can't do it at all. But there's a logic phase to woodworking where you take those fundamental skills and you build a chair and the chair can hold somebody. It might be the ugliest chair you've ever seen, but you know it holds somebody. It's actually working. And then when you get into the rhetoric stage, you're actually becoming a master of your craft such that you build a chair that someone will pay $5,000 for because of how beautiful it is. And you're leading kids toward mastery. And that's, uh, that's kind of one of the goals of, of classical education. Yeah. I think, um, we, we homeschool our kids with classical conversations. And when I was doing a lot of study on the classical model, um, you know, one of the, one of the common things, especially in the homeschool world is like, you know, like, do you, how can you homeschool your kids in high school? Like that content, like, you don't remember that, like, you know, you don't remember chemistry. You can't teach them chemistry like you would in a classroom or whatever. But, um, I remember 
pretty early on, it was told to me like, no, the, the classical model of education teaches kids how to learn so that they, so that they have that, those tools, like what you were saying, like to approach any situation and they know that they need the grammar of it. And then they know that they build on it from there. So like, uh, it was, it was really cool. It was like, um, kind of like, Oh wow. No, I think, I think we, maybe we could stick with this. It's pretty cool. But yeah, that's, I, I really appreciate that, that view. It's really, it's really is cool. I love, I love talking about this. Stuff. <laughs> Jesse nerds out about this. I do. I'm like, Oh man. <laughs> so like, I really want to talk to Randy about like, the trajectory of like the public schools in Canada and like the history behind that. But that's, that's definitely for a different podcast. Yeah. I feel like that's really, yeah, I, I, I can't been do so that uplifting. Why would you want to be depressed? I feel like we should just, well, you know, I guess that's a good perspective. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so you've already, I mean, you've already kind of alluded to the, the weight, uh, the weight that your, your view of education as, as Trinity Bible Chapel is, is forming King Alfred Academy uh, was to take a, a overtly Christian stance that it was going to be centered around uh, God and his glory. How then did scripture sort of inform maybe the day-to-day life and also maybe the operations of the school as you guys were going about getting the school set up? Uh, yeah. And I don't think I actually made it clear yet. The school King Alfred Academy is a ministry of Trinity Bible Chapel. So it, it, we see it in the church as a ministry. And the reason why you introduced me as, as pastor Randy is because I'm actually a pastor at Trinity and my role is to disciple and run the school. And so, um, it's actually a pretty cool thing where, where the, the, the church is 100% behind and pushing that. And, and what that does is it really does, um, guard the doctrine and practice of the school when you have a good elders kind of behind you as well. Uh, but to answer your question on on scripture informing the day to day life, um, it has to be absolutely everywhere, and and it can't just be you know you start announcements with with a scripture reading and then you know you have your Bible class and then everything else is the progressive model. If you do that, it's not Christian education. Uh, it can't be because you're not putting Christ into every single aspect of your education. So scripture informs absolutely every aspect of our day-to-day life so we do start with what we call opening exercises we read the bible uh, we're going through some catechism questions we do that we sing a song uh, before we get going it's usually the doxology and and then even as we go into the day-to-day the way that we interact with one another uh, the way that we teach our classes uh, all the way to the way that we disagree with one another we want scripture to inform that so an example of that would be um, when we have disagreements between students, uh, we really encourage them to follow what Jesus said in Matthew 18. And so, you know, go to that person, try to hash it out. If it doesn't work, bring someone else. And if not, you know, that's when you start getting the teachers involved. And, and we really want them to start with a biblical, biblical approach to problem solving, especially when it comes to uh, the interactions with one another. Um, another thing would be how we would you know, start um, um, our our literature classes when we we start reading a novel and that novel night might not be a christian in its thought process but what we want to do like i said before when i alluded to the iliad or the odyssey is you want to now take scripture and inform that a great example of that would be uh when one of our high school teachers they were reading i think it was uh the iliad and um achilles was was doing something i think it had to do with his pride and and our teacher 
he he started reading the proverbs to the kids and he had them do an assignment where he had they had to take the proverbs and then uh, look at what achilles was doing and compare and contrast those two things as to what would be more god honoring and uh so pretty well everything we do from the policies uh to the way the classes are taught to the way we interact with one another it's it's got to be absolutely everywhere yeah so if i so far if i've got this right what we're trying to do is mold and shape children holistically with the foundation the center that that everything around that emanates from is is god's word and his glory alone does that sound about right so far Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's got to like, I mean, that's the the reason why we were made, right? We want to glorify God hundred percent, uh, and all that you do, do it. And so we want kids to be able to do that. And to, and in order to do that, we need to show them how that works in every aspect of their life. And so that's really what, what we're trying to do. Yeah. So uh, you don't want just like your math teacher to, to just teach algebra. And that's, I think that's it. There's no connection to anything else. There's, there's actually something to like even the order of numbers and, and, and the science kind of aspects of life. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah, well, well, it, <laughs> How well, dare you? <laughs> yeah. Like it's when you, when, when you talk math, right? Like there's a wonder there that God ordered the world such that, you know, two plus two will always equal four. And we will know that. And it's it's God has ordered the world in such a way, and and that's a biblical world view behind math. Now here in Ontario, we have people saying that you know saying two plus two is always four is a racist way of teaching, uh, which is absolutely crazy. Whereas when you come from a biblical worldview, you can see the standard of truth, and these things don't change, and you can point that out to the students, and you can like show these things to them, and and. Uh, show the beauty of what God's world is in math and science and in literature and everything. Right. <clears throat> it's just, uh, it's just, just uh, offensive that you would think you wouldn't just use a curriculum, you know, just stamp Christian on the front of the building and uh, use a curriculum and then that's it. But I, I just, I mean, I guess your way is one way of doing it, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, we're overtly Christian is, uh, is, obviously if you're going to be a christian school why would you be public school light it doesn't make any sense right that's just stupid <laughs> we're a christian school where you can send your kid to get exactly what they got at the public school with some slightly better morals <laughs> like by what standard like what do you mean <laughs> so, we're fully on board with that oh hey jesse how you doing pretty good there bud how are you i'm doing fantastic i was curious do you have any plans in september yes oh you do i have big plans bigger than me plans oh my gosh do you think we should invite everybody to our plans for september yes let's do it <laughs> we would love to invite you to join us that's right carpe fide is going to the g3 national conference in atlanta georgia september 21st to 23rd yep. you should come hang out see us get a picture get a photo grab a shirt it will be the best coverage. Plus, you'll get to hear awesome speakers. Awesome speakers like Josh Bice, Vody Balkum, Steve Lawson, James White, James Coates, Jimmy C. And I hear Aaron's going to be there as well. Yeah, but she only teaches ladies. You can't <laughs> hear him if you're a man. So. <laughs> That's a problem. That's fine. Tom Buck, we'll Richard Walker, Daryl Henderson, Ken Ham. So many people are going to be there. We would love for you to join us. And you're Ken like, Ham's going to be there? Yeah. You're like, hey, that's too much money. Oh, no, it's not, because you can use the code G3CF, like Carpe Fide, G3CF for 30% off Slap of your registration. 30% right off the G3CF, 30% off your registration. Do that. Go to the website, g3min.org slash events. It's called the Sovereignty of God this year. 
You can go there, 30% off, see us, hang out. It'll be the best. And Jesse gives out free hugs. See you there. Do it. But when <clears throat> when it comes to boots on the ground, you're since since while your title is pastor, you also bear the other cap of headmaster. So in thinking of maybe those administrative roles, um, what, what's the process of making decisions on things like curriculum, uh, like specific types of curriculum or certain policies uh, that are going like every organization needs to have some form of policy. So how do those types of decisions get made and how do you what, what helps you helps guide you through those decisions? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of uh, talking with, um, you know, people that have done it before. One of the nice things is that uh, we're really not super new to this. Like when um, when the classical Christian school renaissance was happening, you know, in the in the 80s and 90s, it really was a very new thing. Like when uh, when uh, Doug Wilson was starting his school in, in um, Moscow, Idaho, and it was uh in logos school like they really had to start from scratch they read dorothy sayers essay they they thought this trivium thing looked pretty neat and let's give her a go whereas <laughs> like we're starting where um there are things in place that we can we can pull from and, and the and the cool thing is as you're you're looking and evaluating and you say okay can um is this one built from the bottom up kind of christian and then can we uh, make that uh, go into more into our theology. Right. Um, and then as we're making policies and things like that, obviously schools need a, a whole bunch of policies. Your school runs by policies, but it's number one, is it honoring to Christ? Number two, is it good for the student? And so like a, an example of that would be like our tech policy. So at King Alfred Academy, the kids aren't allowed to bring any technology into the school. So when they're writing papers and doing, they're doing things like that, it's it's pen and paper. They got to learn how to write. We want them to write neatly. Um, they can go home and, and type up a good copy for us, but but that's about it. Uh, we want them to get off the devices and and start learning through through reading and uh, discussion and and answering and asking good questions. And I'm the reason behind that is number one, like Christ came to the world, not via technology but he came as a person right and so we want education to be very interactive in terms of face to face and then two i mean the the studies abound that these screens aren't aren't good for the kids so we want to one honor christ and two do what's best for the kids and that's really what we're we're looking to do it's how dare you you guys are bigots you know what those math teachers in the public school are right. You guys are racist. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you want one? You want what's best for kids. <laughs> um, I think so, I just want to say the irony is we have all this innovation and in technology, right? So we have artificial intelligence now, and we can write these <clears throat> amazing uh, coded intelligence like, um, well, they're, they're basically evaluation pro evaluation tools. Is all they are really are, right? They're they're scanning already existing information and then they're trying to regurgitate that into a relatively um i guess ingenious form but but it's all regurgitated regurgitated information and the real the this really cool like thing that's happening is people that are able to actually identify and manipulate data like are able to research and and find and gather 
are are kind of the people that are are, are inputting you know what to look for in in this in, in this artificial intelligence right and so it turns out people that can actually you know you know use things like typing and reading and 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 writing they'll actually are, are going to be very good at being able to sift through pieces of data or key bits of information that are even helpful for this this advanced you know quote unquote technology to be able to do what it does so it all kind of comes back to you know people that are skilled in ways that are ultimately very ancient that it's always it's always the ancient in the end it's kind of funny to me <laughs> now will will you let them use Tim Stevens kids app with the with the with the catechisms i heard he just launched a he launched the catechism app this week I had no idea. But and it's sure. a Baptist catechism. Why not? Let's go for it. I know it. we're all Gee, on board with that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's they can do that good. at home. <laughs> so John the Dunker. Yeah. Hello. Oh, man. Just like John the Splish Splasher. That wasn't what his name was. <laughs> Gee whiz. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't a spritzer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, one question, as, as, as a homeschooling family myself, uh, one question I did want to ask is um, why uh, what 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 things factored into the decision to start a Christian school uh, brick and mortar versus starting like um, a homeschool co-op or um, some other alternative to to the public school why why choose the brick and mortar option uh, yeah that's that's a good question um, so uh, what we wanted to do was support families as best we could and we know that that um, essentially homeschooling isn't for everyone. But at the same time, when when this question gets asked and it's like, should I homeschool? Should I send to a Christian school? What should I do? Um, I think where we really get into trouble is when we become a proponent of only one thing and we say it has to be this. Uh, what we're told to do in the Bible um, as parents and really as fathers is to raise up our kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord, right? And um, I think for some families, that's homeschooling. And I think that, and then I think that's great. And in fact, uh, our church, Trinity Bible Chapel, is one of the, the few places I know of that has a Christian school that it's absolutely supporting and behind, but also uh, has a homeschool ministry of 50 families that it's also supporting as much as it can and behind. Obviously, the support's different. You need a little bit, you need different type of support for like a brick and mortar school than, than you do for, for, um, you know, helping families homeschool. But uh, we want to be behind uh, really Christ-centered education. And when it comes down to it, we had a very interesting journey of, you know, oh, public schools are, you got to just work really hard to, you know, stay Christian in them too. Um, you got to be really careful of the public schools to privately telling people, you know, you should get them out of the public schools. So now, I mean, we're, we're saying it from the pulpit, you know, in a very forceful way. Like you, you can't um, be fulfilling Ephesians six and, mm. and have your children in the public schools. Mm. And so whether that's homeschooling, which I think is great for some families or whether that's um, um, sending to a, a good classical Christian school, uh, because I do think that not, not every family is, is homeschooling is right for them. And so we don't want them to just fall through the cracks. Uh, we want to support all ways. And so we started the school and then, and really growing out of that, um, we started the homeschooling ministry after. And uh, what we're seeking to do is just hold up Christ-centered education in any way that you can do it. 
Um, and really it comes down sometimes to the child. So we have families that are sending like one kid's coming to our school. The other kids are, are homeschooled um, or plan on being homeschooled. And so um, it's really, you know, one, what's, what's best for the child, but what's best for your family. And then in the end, is it Christ centered? And that's what really matters. Mm. Yes. And amen. Beautiful. That, that is, that is really, really cool. And um, by and large, I mean, with, with our church, which is, which is much, much smaller than uh, Trinity, um, at least what Trinity is currently, like um, we're blessed to have the vast majority of kids uh, either in, in a private Christian school or in um, like some Christian homeschooling co-ops. Um, and we're, we're, we're very, we, we've told several families like, look, like if, if finances are the issue, like we will, we will support, we will support not public school. <laughs> we will, we will help you like with, with our limited resources and our limited time, we will absolutely throw whatever we can behind, um, your goal of not having your kid publicly educated, um, which has been nothing but a blessing to our church. Um, and yeah, so I absolutely love that mentality. Yeah, we've uh, we bought we bought curriculum. We've we've sought to meet other financial needs, however we can. It's just important. It's not a it's not a game you can play. There's it. it Education's it, warfare, right. bro. It's 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 exactly what it is. Get somebody, the shirt. Somebody should make a T-shirt that's really cool <laughs> that has multiple Bible verses on it, yet looks like it's ready for battle. Someone should make that. Jesse, that is, you know what? I think I already did. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which just reminds us that we would love to plug the fact that um, up in the old Canadas, um, you can go to the uh, well, you can go to carpefide.com slash shop, pick the Canadian store, and you can purchase one of said um, education is warfare T-shirts, and proceeds from that shirt um, will end up going to support uh, King Alfred Academy over there in the old Ontario. So yeah, I mean. And you can't see it, but I'm wearing it right now because this is not a visual medium. This is an audio-only medium. Why did <laughs> but you, I'm wearing it. Why did you say I can't see it? I can well, definitely you see can it. You can see it, but they can't. The listener. Oh. Oh, you're, you know what? You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my stipend. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, down to brass tacks, as they say, if they were what? from the 20s. <clears throat> um, one of the big difficulties with Christian with a Christian school, right, Um is there's usually a lot of finances associated with starting it, with, with getting it going, um, and then maintaining it moving forward. Apart from having like a space, you have, you have educators that, that need to be compensated, um, and all of this while trying to then bring <clears throat> families in, and then families kind of get uh, caught up in that, that, financial <laughs> that financial rigmarole as well, um, and you want it to be accessible, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want it, you don't want it to be unattainable, um, but you also want to provide a, a quality service. So how, how was it to address some of those difficulties uh, when, when thinking through getting King Alfred Academy up and running? Yeah, it was, um, I mean, there is a tension there, right? Like you have to pay your staff well and you want to attract good staff, but at the same time you need to keep tuition low and you want to be able to, um, serve every family that wants. So we made a commitment fairly early on that we would do everything that we could in order to help uh, any family that needed afford the school. Uh, so we have, there's a, there, there's a tuition assistance program that we have in order to help. And we have a bursary above and beyond that for those that needed. But because 
we were launched from the church, we actually had a, a huge support in that. Uh, we, so they were able to help us be financially viable very quickly. And we were able to have a very successful first year in that because of the support given by the church. And, and which is another reason why having another entity attached to it, especially one kind of in the convictional sense, like Trinity Bible Chapel yeah. uh, was, was such a blessing. Like one where you have the, the finances to help and make it uh, really run very well, even when it's very small. Uh, but then two, like I said before, you have the, the conviction that the church owns being kind of injected into the school, uh, which is, which is kind of neat too. I mean, it's, it's such a cool place to be because the school and the church share the building. And so you have our pastors walking around saying hi to the kids. Pastor Jacob comes in and prays with each class um, every week. And it's just, it's, it's a very cool place to be because of that partnership. Uh, but when it comes down to finances, I mean, the church helps where it can, the, the school helps where it can. And we really don't want finances to ever be a reason. I mean, people might look at the website and see the tuition and be like, Oh my goodness. But, but in the end it's, you know, we want to work with families as best we can. Amen. Beautiful. Having the church be able to do that is like the perfect it's, I mean, it's essentially what the church has always done. Right. I mean, like the church has been an, the aspect, the leading, the, the bleeding edge when it comes to uh, caring for the sick, caring for the poor, caring for the needy and educating the masses. It's always been, um, the role of the church to do these things because it's things that we know God has commanded us to do in the scriptures. So it makes total sense. Uh, we, I think we're seeing a lot more, at least statistical information coming out about how, how strong schools are, uh, private schools are when they are connected to church bodies because that gives them, I think, as you said, it, that foundational conviction and you can't, you can't shake it. It, it, it goes forward. Which is awesome. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. So, in starting a Christian school, I know. So we send um, we send our three, my three, my three children go to uh, Christian schools here in the area, and that means that I know that a Christian school can be made up of more than just one, per se, one church body. So, mm-hmm. um, how does King Alfred Academy um, kind of keep that relationship going with like other local churches? uh that that are a part of with the families that are enrolled at the school oh yeah so we're not just families that go to trinity there are other families from other churches we did open it at an interesting time like i said we started in in september of 2020 uh which <laughs> was you know, <laughs> you know lockdowns were in the midst yeah. uh, our church started to take a stand and got in the news and we got in trouble and you know our fines are still kind of working its way through through some of the courts even now uh, but it's because of that, um, the the people that would not be aligned from us from that kind of worldview aspect didn't like what, like they wouldn't have looked at King Alfred Academy because of that. And so the types of, of churches that kind of came our way ended up being uh, churches that would have been agreeing with with our stance in that sense, which really comes down to a worldview that was kind of um, shaping that. And so, yes, we have other other churches represented within the school, and uh, which is great. And I hope that grows because we want to influence more and more as much as we can. 
uh, but it's it is majority Trinity Bible Chapel. I mean, we we made it for our people, and 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 the community can can get some of that um, blessing right. too. I guess you could say, right, right. Um, but it in the end, um, yeah, it, there's there's no formal partnership with other churches as of right now, but but we do have a bunch of other churches that have families that decided to join with us. So you kind of leverage the media into weeding out the tares, so to speak. <laughs> well, it, it, they gave, well, you know what, here in Ontario, at least, it seems like every other week we get some sort of advertisement through the news of how crazy our public system is. And then, yeah, we had, you know, some good advertising during COVID as well. <laughs> That's nice. How very yes. kind of them. Um, you don't, know, don't send your kid here if if all they're going to do is vax and wear masks. That's not the kind of place. We're a place here where we love everyone and it's not forced on anyone else. <laughs> we're not closing. We love you. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. So so speaking of the lockdowns and the crazy, absolute insanity and the silliness slash wickedness. You mean of, that's coming soon? Or the one that already... <laughs> round... Round five? I, I, what are we? I don't know. I don't even know. It's election season down here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which means COVID's come right back. It's, it's right back in the news. Surprise! Right on time. Right I mean, on you time. You just had to set your clock. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, so my, question, my question here... Like how do you how would you navigate running um, a, a god honoring and lawful uh, school uh, in a country whose government is so very clearly very antagonistic of of your organizations how how do you how do you manage to to stay afloat um, in in that type of environment? Yeah, well, we, we still have vestiges of Christian Canada in our laws and in our acts uh, of, of parliament essentially. And so the education act uh, in Ontario, which kind of controls how education happens or is allowed to happen, um, gives us a lot of autonomy really. So we're what's called an uninspected private school in Ontario, which means that beyond them calling and make sure that uh, we're, we have, we have a locked door for our records and more than six students and a principal, uh, they really have no say in how we operate. Wow. I mean, obviously COVID changed that a little bit because public health seems to be everywhere. And it's just the nature of how, um, um, our society has kind of gone in the last little while. Yeah. Now they probably want uh, blood, blood, um, uh, Blood samples, everyone, probably weekly. <laughs> it, it might come there. I hope not, but it, it's, you know. I can make a come take it shirt for that, too. <laughs> we'll help you out. <laughs> there we go. Um, so we, when it comes to, you know, curriculum and how we teach and what we teach, and even the teachers we hire, we have there is a lot of autonomy, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, they really have no say in, in what we do. I mean, could that change? Yes. Obviously, anything can change. But uh, as of right now, uh, it makes doing what we're doing a, a little bit easier. Now, when it came to COVID and all that, obviously the government got its tentacles and everything, uh, and we had to navigate that as best we could. Uh, but, but you know, what we have to ask our the question is, you know, is this something the Bible commands or something the Bible forbids? And, um, and you know, training our kids and discipling them and and teaching them in the paideia, the worldview of the Lord. That's something the Bible commands. And so that's something we're going to do. Yeah. So that's kind of amazing to me that that 
that somehow they still have a law that allows you to <laughs> act so autonomously. I feel like it's a small bright light in a sea of darkness. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like like that's even better than I mean we have in America. Like that's yeah. such a great six students, a principal, and uh, the records behind a locked door. That sounds fantastic. That's a great that check 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 and, liberty. Uh, we, we'll, we'll we'll call you next year. That sounds fantastic. I like that. <laughs> That's what they do. Now you're not allowed to give like the accredited diploma when you don't do that, right? And so you know some parents like that because they still see education as job readiness, mm. and universities need that. But so there are some things that that Christian schools will actually then compromise on some of what they do because of that because they want what's called the Ontario Secondary School Diploma. Um, but but as long as you're willing to kind of stay out of that and not play that game, it's yeah we're. I'm very thankful for it. So like here in America, we would have like the GED, which is the comp to the high school diploma. Do you have some other sort of cert- certification service where like your students could then get get a credential of some kind to move on to university if they chose to? Uh, yeah, the, G- the GED here would be um, good for the trades, but universities tend to look down on it. Okay. So we would be writing the SAT and, and kind of going going that route, you know, putting a portfolio together. And uh, we're kind of looking into all that at the moment. Okay. So it's more of like a compilation of things that you would then be able to submit to, to universities. Yeah, that's right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Down here. Um, I think trades, I, you know, this is going to sound crazy. I say get into the trades anyway, because no one knows how to do anything. And that's the only things that are going to be making money soon. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're going to be able to charge $400 an hour if you're a plumber soon. Oh yeah. If, if you can weld, it's like, ah, oh, you know what? I don't need to work this year. I'll work next year. I'm making fine. <laughs> I'm making plenty of money. Like these skills are just dying. So yeah, until they call you to weld a church's door shut. And then you got to be like, oh no, sorry. I can't do that. Oh, speaking of welding the church's door shut. Um, <laughs> nice. How is that? I was a genius and I didn't even realize. You, you didn't realize it. Does King Alfred Academy have any plans for when the government seeks to get, again to change locks on, on doors of churches and, you know, Christian schools? Well, I mean, there's always there's always plans, I guess you could say. But <laughs> I'm not going to go into them. <laughs> oh, man. Ah, so told us he'd have to kill us. <laughs> so you could say that you keep these in the same room as the records <laughs> Yeah, they're in behind the lock. Oh, you don't even know the room. This is kind of <laughs> good. It's probably, probably best. Well, that's the whole idea, right? To have, uh, to have this, this whole foundation of society that can rise up out of the ashes of our ruined cultures, right? That's, that's the whole idea here. Amen. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm down with that. Yep. And just, just can I make a quick comment? Oh, please do. Because you, you mentioned how we want people to get into the trades. And one thing that, that I have noticed is when people tend to go that way, they, they think they don't need what we're, what we're giving in terms of the classical Christian education in the, uh, um, when you look at, you know, reading these books that kind of inform these things because, oh, why, where would we ever use that? But what we need when, um, with where society is going is we need philosopher plumbers and philosopher 100%. welders, right? We need welders and plumbers and electricians and tradesmen that can think and think clearly and think more clearly than a university professor so that they can when they're in where where when they're doing their job um, they can um, work for the kingdom in that way being persuasive and and using wisdom and virtue in that environment for christ 
and really so this isn't an education that's for uh, the elite it's an education that's for for everybody because what it does is it it gets you ready to think well no matter what you do well the reality i mean i, I mean I'll, I'll do you one better because the education you're providing shows someone how not just to weld but how to weld beautifully and and why why would you weld why would you fix a car why would you why would you you tighten the pipe like why would you do any of that and that's what the education you guys are seeking to provide is doing and beyond that these people need to be able to then build the framework and infrastructure for 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 businesses and growth yep. and then for others to be able to work with them and providing now, now you're now you're extending out into helping other families to be able to provide for their for their families and and that's that's why that's why education that is foundationally christian is so important um, mm-hmm. whether you take it into the trades or not. So you're, you're a thousand percent correct. Absolutely. <laughs> they will be bad. They will be the, not just plumbers. They will be the best plumbers. <laughs> they will be the best plumbers. And how many more yeah. people does, I mean, how many pr- more people does a plumber see, you know, in a year than, than a, a college professor? I mean, really like uh, mm-hmm. way more people. <laughs> and most people would rather listen to their plumber than their college professor. I just like, that's, that's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I mean, they probably would also like to, see less of you know the plumber's underwear but i mean other than that i mean that's probably the only down, the only knock on a plumber you know it's <laughs> you shouldn't be making fun of the plumber stereotypes okay i'm sure there are perfectly civilized plumbers out there i mean it's not their fault we they're, know we heads, know civilized heads, plumbers head shoved up under a sink like they're perfectly civilized. josh crease he's a he's a plumber yeah i'm just saying it's he's hard a good guy in those tiny places and things happen just saying, I'm just saying, don't knock. Pastor Randy did not sign up for this, okay? You stop it right no, now. No, he did not. He did not. This is, this, this, <laughs> this is taking a turn. I, I agree. The trades need classical education uh, as well. <laughs> so, Pastor Randy, if, uh, if someone wanted to connect with King Alfred Academy uh, or even, you know, throw some questions your way, how, how could they go about doing that? Or is it only in behind the, the lock door that people can contact you? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, we can be found. We have a website, kingalfred.ca is a great place to check us out. And um, you can always you can always uh, contact the school through that too. And if if people are looking uh, to start a school and, and want support and help, we're always happy to do that too. We want to see uh, more schools out there. We had a, I even had a guy um, in, in Kitchener, which is right beside us, probably a you know 15 minute drive away he contacted me and said hey we're thinking of starting another classical christian school we just wanted to let you know and i i was i i said that's great we need i hope there's a hundred in our community soon Mm. and and so we just want to see more schools planted throughout canada and the u.s and the more we do that the more truly christian paideia truly christian worldview is formed in more people uh, that is going to help society and and really could lead to uh, much better times ahead. Well, I'm sure my brother's going to be talking to me now about starting King Alfred Academy, uh, New Jersey. So I'm, I'm <laughs> sure we'll be reaching out soon. <laughs> be like Noah, Noah Webster's schoolhouse. Institute. Institute. I feel like Noah Webster would have an institute. Yeah? Yeah, I guess. Noah Webster's lectern. No, that doesn't make any sense. That's All right, that's enough. Noah Webster's dictionary. <laughs> that was absolutely awesome, Pastor Randy. Thank you, Pastor Fry, for giving us this insight into what it's like to begin and function in not just a, a starting a school, but starting a holistically God-centered, Christ-glorifying, ministerial 
uh, level of education, Christian education. So that was absolutely awesome. We really appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. And thank you again for uh, the support through the shirt. It's a, it's an awesome shirt and I hope a lot of people buy it. If, and, and that <laughs> coming do. from you guys, that means a lot because if you, if, if world, if you don't know, the Trinity Bible Chapel makes some pretty fire shirts. Like, yes. They also are purveyors of fantastic shirts. Yes. We, we, we have them and we enjoy them. Yes. Yes. And hoodies. All of them. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> well, that's our episode today, Christian. Uh, we do hope that you have been edified. You have uh, and, and sought to <laughs> stop pointing at things totally that threw off my clothes. <laughs> what? What did I throw off? I'm going to try again. Your clothes? Yeah, no, my closing. Oh, your closing. Clothes. Like, oh, I, I didn't, didn't I touch your clothes. Clothes and clothes. <laughs> this isn't a visual medium. They don't know what you're talking about. They just hear clothes and they're like, what? We hope you've been edified. Uh, we hope that this encourages you uh, to rethink how education is happening for you and your family. And as always, we hope that you indeed would seize, seize the, the faith. faith.